Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, the good news for the New Jersey Devils is that uh, Jack Hughes was able to win the bet against his older brother. Uh, I, I don't know what artifact that they want in their house. However, I hear a painting of the Mona Lisa is nice. But anyway, uh, if you know, you know. But the bad news for the New Jersey Devils? I don't really have any bad news because this was a great showing from them against the Vancouver Canucks. They're continuing their hot streak in terms of scoring a lot of goals. And also, is it possible that we could get uh, Quinn Hughes onto the roster? And what should the New Jersey Devils do with Nico Dawes, a.k.a. Jaws, because he's been uh, tearing those pucks up like a shark? We have a lot to discuss in this episode. Buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devil, Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to Locked On Devils Podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And what more can I say? The New Jersey Devils desperately needed that win. They came out victorious against the Vancouver Canucks by a score of 7-2, to uh, coming off their absolute god-awful performance against the Chicago Blackhawks, in which they allowed two Blackhawks players to get a hat trick, and it was an absolute gong show. Devils put up a solid production on the offensive side of things, but defense was nowhere to be seen. They lost to the Blackhawks 8-5. to But here's something that I want to focus on, because post-All-Star break, and I don't think a lot of people are talking about this, the New Jersey Devils' offense has been putting up some pretty decent numbers. So uh, in their first game back against the Ottawa Senators, they lost 4-1. to Okay, so, you know, maybe a little rusty coming out of the All-Star break. I'm sure a lot of teams were in. You know what, that that game is just minuscule. doesn't really mean that much. But looking at the Montreal Canadiens game, the Devils won 7-1. to Then the St. Louis Blues games, the, the Devils won 7-4. to So they were able to put up uh, two touchdowns against uh, the Canadiens and the Blues combined. So that's 14 goals in a two-game span. Obviously, that momentum kind of died out when they played the Pittsburgh Penguins back on February 13th. They lost 4-2. to and then uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, reigning back-to-back Stanley Cup champions kind of slowed them down as well. Devils lost 6-3, to but then the Devils beat the uh, Penguins by a score of 6-1, to and that was after, like, what, uh, uh, an eight-day hiatus for, for them? So they, they came out guns blazing. That's when Dougie Hamilton came back. That's when he was in full suit for the New Jersey Devils, and also Nico Dawes had a pretty good outing. And then for the Chicago Blackhawks, yes, it was a gong show, like I said, and the Devils did lose 8-5. to five. Defense was nowhere to be seen. But look, the Devils put up five goals against the Chicago Blackhawks. Do, look, I get it. That's sort of an empty feeling because the Blackhawks are not really the best team out there in the NHL, especially with what's going on in their organization. However, still, putting up five goals against a team, you know, that's not an easy uh, feat to do. So the fact that the Devils were able to do that despite losing 8-5, to five, I think that's still something to write home about. And that's something we should have just blamed on. Like, you know, just the overall team effort, because like I said, John Gillies didn't have a good outing that game, but you can't really blame him for, uh, you know, doing his best to guard a two on one uh, situation in which the Devils just had a defensive lapse because there were like two or three instances, especially in period number three of that happening. So uh, anyway, focusing on this game, Devils won seven to two. 
Now, we've been talking about the Vancouver Canucks a lot in the last few episodes for the New Jersey Devils just because there's a lot of silly season news going around. Could Connor Garland come to the New Jersey Devils? Could Brock Besser come to the New Jersey Devils? Could even Jack Hughes' brother Quinn make his way to the Rock? Is there any possibility that the New Jersey Devils could trade for Quinn Hughes? Well, I've already talked on that subject over the summer. I said that, look, I think trading for Quinn Hughes, that's more of a commercial kind of thing. I don't think that's something we desperately need. However, it would be nice to have Quinn Hughes in Devils uniform. However, I, I, I just don't know if sacrificing that much for Quinn Hughes just for a commercial kind of thing, just for a promotional marketable kind of thing will be best for the New Jersey Devils because that's what I feel as though that move would be. It's more of a marketing strategy because, yeah, you get all three Hughes brothers on to the Devils organization, but, you know, don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't get greedy. I think sticking with two Hughes brothers is pretty good. If we have 66% of the Hughes brothers, so Quinn can play in Vancouver and then uh, Luke and Jack can play here. And speaking of Jack Hughes, I'm really excited to see what the future holds for Jack Hughes. And the biggest what if this season for Jack Hughes is what would have happened had he not gotten hurt? Because Jack Hughes, in every single game that he's played, and yes, he's had his few boneheaded mistakes like any other player can have. But, but, you know, like I said, he's still young because I can think of a few examples in that Chicago Blackhawks game because he did play fairly well. However, he did make a mistake on the turnover. I think Patrick Kane was able to get the hat trick off of that turnover from uh, Jack Hughes. But overall, Jack Hughes has been on a clinic so far this season for the New Jersey Devils. And we certainly cannot take that talent for granted because he uh, has more points than game appearances. So you know that he's averaging more than a point per game. And think of it like this, guys. I actually did not know this. If Jack Hughes is able to put up 100 points, not this year because that's out of the realm of possibility, he would need to go on like a Connor David, Wayne Gretzky type of run for that to happen. But um, if Jack Hughes is able to get 100 points come next year, He'll be the first Devils player in history to do so. I saw that on a tweet. So I was just like, wow, I did not know that. So Jack Hughes getting 100 points for the New Jersey Devils, I guess it kind of makes sense because our best player was uh, Patrick Eliash in terms of forwards for the New Jersey Devils, you know, arguably, but still, you know, that's why his uh, number is retired at the Prudential Center. But, you know, when looking back at Patrick Eliash's uh, stats and, you know, what he was able to do for the New Jersey Devils, I look back and I was like, yeah, you you know what? Patrick Eliash, you know, he was he was close in 2001 in which he was able to put up 96 points, but I don't see any triple digits, not when he was uh, here in America or when he was playing for the uh, when he was playing for the Czech Republic, where he's originally from. So that actually does make sense. So Jack Hughes will be the first Devils player in history. I think you can bank on that to get 100 points for the Devils. But anyway, let's focus on the now for the New Jersey Devils, because they put up one hell of a fight against the Vancouver Canucks because they just dominated from start to finish. So Jack Hughes, man, what a goal. Like, it was a two-on-one breaking out, and I thought Jack Hughes was going to pass it, and, you know, he was basically just going to, like, you know, let fate had it. But, no, Jack Hughes was confident in himself, didn't see a shot that he never liked, and he took it, and he made it. And then as he was about to celebrate, boom, Tyler Myers goes crashing onto the ground. And here's the thing about Myers for any of my nuanced hockey fans. Myers is not a little guy. He stands six foot eight and weighs 229 pounds. So Jack Hughes kind of has a little bit of a short stature and light and weight compared to him because Jack Hughes stands five foot 11 and weighs 175 pounds. So uh, look, I know it was an accident all, but still it was actually very entertaining to see because Jack Hughes scores a goal and then he winds up for his celebration. And then 
boom, he kind of like uppercuts uh, Myers onto the ground. I'm surprised I didn't really start anything, but that was actually really funny and entertaining to see. So um, I, I love that effort from Jack Hughes. He got uh, us rolling in the right direction. And like I said, I fully anticipate for Jack Hughes to possibly be the first New Jersey Devils player to get 100 points for us. And then Sharon Govich, he's really been picking up the last uh, few uh, games for the New Jersey Devils. What more can I say about Sharon Govich? Like, like I said, last year, my show was called Locked on Sharon Govich for a reason because I love his overall production, uh, w- what he was able to do last season. But he's starting to pick it up. So it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And the same could be said for Dawson Mercer. Kind of was like, you know, searching for himself a little bit. And then Jesper Bratt on an assist was able to pass over to Dawson Mercer, albeit, you know, Dawson Mercer was kind of in a cluster mess right there and stuck in traffic. But he was able to just get just enough muscle to nudge the puck into the back of the netting. So overall, it was a great effort from the New Jersey Devils in period number one. And at that moment, I didn't want to say that the New Jersey Devils uh, had a guaranteed win, but I was fairly confident because I was just like, the Devils are coming out guns blazing and what they have like three goals on like what nine shot attempts. So I was just like, that's actually really good production from our guys because uh, you know, they, 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 that, that shows that, whatever they're shooting is fighting the back of the netting, even though that the Vancouver Canucks had more shots on goal, but still we don't need to focus on that. And then here comes period number two, the period that I get most nervous about for the New Jersey Devils, because like I said, in previous episodes, the Devils tend to struggle in period number two, and they gave up the first goal within a 90 second frame in period number two to the Vancouver Canucks. I'm just like, Oh, here we go again. This could be trouble. Nope. Boquist, Graves and brought, one, two, three, scored three unanswered goals against the Vancouver Canucks. And I was just like, we got this in the bag because that's the Devils went up six to one. And I'm just like, look, I know the Devils are notoriously known for blowing big leads, but I just don't think they're going to blow it this time around. I think they got this in the bag. And then um, I want to talk a little bit about Jesper Boquist because I think it's time for me to admit when I'm wrong and owe him an apology because he's actually been playing pretty decent uh, his last few outings, like this last month or so for the Devils. And he had a really nice goal. He was running out of room. He basically had to just hope for the best. And um, he, he he got, he, I think he went five holes. So, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I usually will take credit when I'm wrong. And I think I was wrong about Jesper Boquist because early on in this season, I said that, look, I think it's time for him to pack his bags. I think it's possibly time when we see any trade suitors for him. I think it's time that, um, we, we just waive him, worst case scenario, because I think he's taking up a roster spot. He must have been listening to my show because he has proven me wrong so far, guys. And like I said, I'll admit when I'm wrong, bitter pill to swallow, but still, you know, I, I got to give credit when credit is due. So Jesper Boquist, you know, not the most consistent player on the New Jersey Devils roster, but he's certainly making a name for himself. And I got to give credit when credit is due. And Jesper Boquist has been putting up a valiant effort uh, for whatever game he's out there. And then Jesper Brat able to get a goal for the New Jersey Devils. It seems like Jesper Brat and Jack Hughes, there's three guarantees in life, death, taxes, and one of those players, if not both of those players, getting at least one point per game. Because I can't remember the last time when uh, the New Jersey Devils had two players on their team uh, able to get at least a point per game. So I, I, I am just in awe of Jesper Brat. And, but the thing is, his name has been brought up in trade rumors recently. We're going to have to do an episode about that sometime in the future because I'm just like, mm, I don't think that's the best idea because we need to keep Jesper Brock for as long as we potentially can. And then uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, Dougie Hamilton, as if the New Jersey Devils needed an insurance goal, Dougie Hamilton was able to score a goal for the uh, Devils 
in period number three, and that basically put the final nail in the coffin, and that basically ruined any chance of the Vancouver Canucks going on like a miraculous comeback or things of that nature. But like I said, after the Devils were able to score three unanswered goals in period number two, I was just like, they got this in the bag. No way they blow the sleep. And they came out with a whole lot of energy. Speaking of energy, this is the time of year that I pretty much have given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a, a resolution because I enjoy eating them. Have you ever tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting protein bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bar with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Uh, compare that to a candy bar, and the difference is night and day. So they have mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If uh, they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it, and it'll be delicious, and it'll be good for you. I have no idea how they do it, but somehow, someway, they're they're always able to make it work. So the offer is go to built.com, use promo code LOCKS15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. And now, the second live read comes from our friends at betonline.net. Please remember to gamble responsibly. So football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net has your source for NASCAR, which, by the way, this season has been awesome so far. Loving the next-gen car, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, so one thing I've been talking about in the past few episodes is that, look, I don't like it when we overwork a goalie. But in this case scenario, we kind of have no choice because – um, we, we don't really have that many options. We've already lost our starting goalie and we've lost our backup goalie. So if there's a goalie out there for us that is going on a decent streak, we need to rely on that hot hand uh, for the entirety of, of as long as we can because Nico Dawes has been on a tear his last couple outings for the Devils because he saw 38 shots, was able to save 36 of them. Uh, he played the entirety of the game and he had a save percentage this game of 947. So the thing about Nico Dawes is that his expected uh, goals against average uh, this season, com or coming into this game at least, is at 2.64. So he's able, he was able to lower it down tremendously his last few outings because in his game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, he came out with the win. He had a save percentage of 974. He saw uh, 38 shots, and he saved 37 of them. Now, I don't know what his expected goals against average is, but – I guarantee you that he's been going above and beyond not meeting uh, his average for goals against average, but actually lowering it because the lower your goals against average or expected goals against average, I think that's uh... anyway, I'm confusing myself, but according to James Volnani on Twitter, he's a writer for devil's army blog. He says that Nico Dawes is up to a 918 save percentage this season across five stars. He also has a positive goal saved above expected 0.92 for a second start in a row a rarity amongst New Jersey Devil starters this season. 
Hopefully he continues to build on this stretch of success as the season progresses. So it was one of the questions that I had for uh, Lindy Ruff in our last matchup against the Chicago Blackhawks because in that game we put in John Gillies. Now the, the thing I have for the uh, New Jersey Devils is that we obviously don't have good goaltending. So it's just like if one of our goalies, whether it's Nico Dawes, uh, John Gillies, if one of those guys has a good start, you'd be foolish not to put them in uh, for the second straight game. Seriously, like, I, I get that you don't want to overwork your goalies, but at the same time, it's just like, we need to stack up on the wins here. We're not trying to tank here, or at least I'm not trying to see the New Jersey Devils tank. I don't want to see them lose for the rest of the season. So it's just like, leave Nico Dawes in for our game against the Chicago Blackhawks. I get it's a back-to-back, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, we, we, we need to stack up on these wins, at least in my opinion. So it's just like, um, when, when a goalie like that goes on a decent run, keep them in so that way they have that momentum, okay? Because we need to keep relying on the hot hand. We need to keep uh, feeding the, uh, uh, the the person who's on a hot streak. So I, I feel as though putting Nico Dawes in for the Chicago Blackhawks game, that could have done wonders for the New Jersey Devils. We might have come out with a win because John Gillies looked, you know, look, I get it. Some of the goals that he let up wasn't his fault, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, come on, do better. You know, I, I, that's why I said in my last episode, I said that we can't really put all the blame on John Gillies. But in this case, I feel as though the scenario would have been a little different had we put in Nico Dawes, if that makes sense. So I feel as though uh, we, we need to keep putting Nico Dawes in until we can't no more. No more just like one and done. You're like you go in one game, then John Gillies goes in the next, and then you go in the next, then you go in the next, and then John Gillies. Don't, no, no, no musical chairs with the goldies. Like if, if someone like Nico Dawes, like I just said, James Villani uh, uh, confirmed it. If you are on a decent run as a New Jersey Devils goalie, Lindy Ruff, if you are listening to this, leave that goalie in for the next game. Like, do what you did for Mackenzie Blackwood. You left Mackenzie Blackwood out there for, like, what, six or uh, seven straight games? Why can't you do it for Nico Dawes? Keep Nico Dawes in. Do you really want to tank? Do you really want to see the New Jersey Devils crash and burn? I don't, personally. So, uh, yeah, keep Nico Dawes in because he put up one great performance for the New Jersey Devils, and I think it would be foolish not to uh, put him out there in our next matchup, which will be against the uh, the uh, Blue Jackets. So, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think despite it being a back-to-back, once again, I think it would be foolish not to put in Nico Dawes because he's kind of on a hot uh, streak right now unless uh, Lindy Ruff wants to put John Gillies in for the Blue Jackets and then save Nico Dawes for the New York Rangers game just because the Rangers are a much tougher competitor than the than the Columbus Blue Jackets. So maybe that would be his mentality. So that I think that's what he might do, like put in John Gillies in the next game just so that way uh, Nico Dawes is good for the Rangers game and that he's also good for the Avalanche game, which, be on, which will be on March 8th. But overall, I think the thinking process for Lindy Ruff is that, look, we don't have that much goalies, so keep, keep the uh, hot hand going. That, that's what I would do if I was a coach. Is it the right move? I, I know, but desperate times call for desperate measures, guys. Like, we don't have Mackenzie Blackwood. We don't have Jonathan Bernier. We don't even have Scott Wedgwood anymore. So it's just like we're, we're, beggars can't be choosers in this case scenario. So Nico Dawes, I think, proved why he should be the starting goalie for the New Jersey Devils if he isn't already. So uh, take away John Gillies. Leave Akira Schmidt in the AHL because he's actually doing pretty well down there, which I don't understand how he's not able to translate it from the AHL program to here, but that's none of my business. So just keep Nico Dawes uh, as long as you can in terms of games played. That's what I would do if I was the coach 
for the New Jersey Devils. So, Lindy Ruff, if you are listening to this, keep Nico Dawes out there. Okay. So, like I do every episode, I'm going to give you guys uh, the final grade uh, analysis for the New Jersey Devils, and then I will compare stats. So, uh, shots on goal differential, 38 to 33 in favor of the Vancouver Canucks. Like I said, Vancouver Canucks is in period number one, had more shots on goal than the New Jersey Devils. However, the Devils were able to find the back of the netting. Face-off percentage, 52% to 48% in favor of the Canucks. Power play, the Canucks had one power play opportunity, and they came out empty. So, great job on the penalty kill for the New Jersey Devils. The Devils were able to capitalize on one of two power plays, so good for them in that regards. I think Mark Recchi is secured for at least the rest of the season. No more uh, try to fire Mark Recchi because the Devils have improved in both the penalty kill and also the power play opportunity. So hits, 35-26 to 26 in favor of the Canucks. Blocks, 9-8 to eight in favor of the Canucks. And giveaways, the Devils led that department, 20-10. to 10. And I also want to talk about that we were able to get the starting goalie for the for the um, uh, for, for the Vancouver Canucks out Halleck. We were able to get him out out the game pretty early because he only played 26 minutes. So he played a full period and then just a little bit of the second period, and he was out of there because he saw 14 shots and he was only able to save eight of them. And like I said, that's not a good thing to do if you're a goalie or if you're a defense, whatever the case might be. But, hey, what goes around comes around. The Devils have been facing that issue for a a long period of time. So it's finally good to be uh, on the other end of that spectrum. But overall, the Devils should be very proud of their effort. They came out guns blazing. They've kept their streak of scoring a lot of goals. And they were able to get Halleck out the game relatively early, like I said, because, remember, we were able to get Tristan Jari out of the game relatively early when we played the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, uh, the, the devil should be very proud and just keep like doing that. Like, you know, just keep um, forcing the pressure, keep doing what you're doing in that regards. And, you know, the results will come. So I think the New Jersey Devils are not trying to tank guys. So uh, I, I think if they lose, it's just bad defense and bad goaltending uh, based on what I see. But overall, it's I, I, this this game was the epitome of a team effort. This is what I wanted the Devils to do against the Chicago Blackhawks because everybody contributed in more ways than one. So if you look at someone like Nathan Bastian, yes, he didn't have a goal. He didn't have an assist. He didn't have a point. But he had seven hits. And he obviously led the team in that department. That's what we want Nathan Bastian out there to be doing. And then when you look at someone like P.K. Subban, he had a plus-minus of plus three. So even though he didn't really do anything in terms of scoring, you saw that um, that the Devils were better when he was out there on the rink. And then when you look at Jonas Siegenthaler, he had five hits. Again, Nothing for Siegenthaler because he's not going to generate any offense. So this was the epitome of a great overall team effort for the New Jersey Devils because Janssen was able to have an assist. Uh, Heizer had two assists. Uh, Sharon Govich had a goal and assist. Mercer had a goal and assist. Uh, Mikey McLeod was able to have two hits, and he had a um, you know a, a decent day in that regards of just playing alongside Nathan Basham. Like I said, I don't expect much offense from Mikey McLeod and his line mates, but at the same time, I love it when they come out and they assert themselves, and that's the important thing in that regards. And then Zaka was able to have an assist. Rod had a goal and assist. Boquist had a goal and assist. Hughes had a goal and assist. Tatar had an assist. So overall, great team effort from the New Jersey Devils, and they should be very proud of what they were able to do. And uh, like I said, that, that's the epitome of an overall team effort. And also Ty Smith was a healthy, healthy scratch for the New Jersey Devils. So it goes to show you, like Lindy Ruff is a man of his word from – uh, before the season started. He said, if you're not performing well, you're not going to play. So if the Devils continue to play like that without Ty Smith, 
I think Ty Smith, uh, he's better off just wearing a suit and tie and just coming into the rink and trying to look pretty. That and that's I'm sorry, but that's the truth of the matter. Ty Smith should not be playing because he hasn't earned his stripes. He has not shown any significant signs of improvement. So keep Ty Smith in a shirt and tie uh, uh, unless you're in a desperate need uh, of another defenseman or in case someone else is completely uh, crapping the bed. So uh, keep Ty Smith in shirt and tie for, for all I care for right now because uh, that Chicago Blackhawks game, oof, it, that was ugly. Um, you know, I, I just don't know what's going on with the kid, but I hope he improves next year because I think this season is uh, – Pretty much lost for him. If he hasn't stepped it up now, I don't think he ever will. So same with Sharon Govich. Sharon Govich has stepped up his game. That's And Sharon Govich was a healthy scratch a couple times early on in the year. But now Sharon Govich is earning his spot back in the lineup, albeit I'm sure that has something to do with Jack Hughes. But still, you know, we're, we're getting that production from Sharon Govich. He got off to a slow start to the season. Dawson Mercer was in a little bit of a scoring funk for a good while. But he was able to pick it up these last few games. So, I don't know what's going on with Ty Smith, but uh, right now, uh, you're best in a shirt and tie, bud. That, I'm sorry. But anyway, let's rate this game for the New Jersey Devils. So, like I said, overall, great team effort from the New Jersey Devils. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, aside from scoring the first goal in period number two, were never really in any position to maybe strike back on the New Jersey Devils because, like I said, after they scored that first goal of the second period, a couple minutes later, Boquist was able to get a goal, then uh, Graves was able to get a goal, and then Jesper Brat was able to get a goal. So, and, and that was in a short amount of time from uh, uh, from their respective goals. So, Boquist scored uh, 3:08 into the second period, then Graves. 5.07 into the second period, and then Jesper brought 6.19 into the second period. So the Devils answered back very quickly, ASA now. So, uh, like I said, Vancouver Canucks were never really in any position to uh, really threat the New Jersey Devils' lead. And then we got Halleck out of the game relatively early. I talked about the overall um, collective effort from the team. So I'm going to give this game an A for the New Jersey Devils because this is the kind of uh, style of hockey that I want to see them play, which is you just rack up the goals, you keep your opponent out of the game, and you just crush your spirits before uh, the end of period number two. So I love that from the New Jersey Devils. Hopefully they can keep that momentum going. But let me know what you guys think. I'm here. I'm curious to hear your thoughts, so leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on a podcast streaming service. Hit me up on my Twitter page, at TreyMatt4 and uh, at Locked On Devils. As for today's episode, that's all time I have for you guys. We'll definitely do a, uh, more silly season discussions in terms of which players should uh, the New Jersey Devils pick up from the Vancouver Canucks because I've been hearing three names. Like I said, I've done an episode on Connor Garland, Brock Besser, but I haven't really done a full-fledged episode on uh, Quinn Hughes. However, I did talk about uh, should the New Jersey Devils like try to pursue that kind of trade, and I said no, but it's still fun to look at it. And also, yes, for Brock, been hearing his name. I don't think there's anything serious about that regards. I think that's just people just trying to create, uh, you know, certain narratives that aren't really there because they're kind of bored and had nothing else to do. But anyway, as for today's episode, like I said, that's all the time I have for you guys. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching as well on YouTube. Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode.